0: Welcome to The Journal.ie's The Explainer, where every week we take a deep dive into one news story. I'm Nicky Ryan, stepping in for Sinead O'Carroll, and this week we're looking at the ongoing feud in Drogheda, County Loud, and what can be done to bring it under control. Two rival gangs have been engaging in violent attacks on each other for a year now, starting around this time last July. That's when Oln Maguire, who is well known to Guardy in the area with a number of previous convictions, was shot four times at his home. He survived that attack. Since the resurgence of the feud in November, Drogheda has faced shootings, bomb attacks, shots being fired at homes, and the intimidation of locals. The experience has, needless to say, left the community there shaken. There is now a sense that the situation needs to be brought under control before the Fla Keol next month, a festival that will be crucial for Drogheda. Gardaí have stepped up armed patrols, but are still hampered by a lack of resources. Joining me now in studio to delve into this further is a reporter with The Journal.ie, Gareth McNamee and Jed Nash, a Labour senator who has represented Loud and in particular Drogheda, for two decades. Thank you both for coming in. Garrett. I'm going to start with you. Um, I spoke about some of the attacks which are taking place in the area right now. Can you paint a picture of the scale of the violence currently?
1: Yeah, I think there in your intro, you kind of you hit the nail on the head. Like, th- there's so many attacks, there's so much violence being carried out by by it has to be said a small group of people in the Dharavi er- area. Uh, you have gun attacks, petrol bombs on, on on innocent people, innocent people being targeted just because they know certain people in a certain gang. You know, this has a potential. One fatal shooting has a potential for. This feud to to escalate out of control, and I don't think that's hyperbole. I think that's that's a real, genuine concern that both Gardy and the per- person living on in the Indrada has at, at this moment in time.
0: So people will be very familiar with the Hutch feud, which obviously dominated headlines over the past few years. What happened in Crumlin, Drimna and Limerick,
1: but people might not be as aware of what's happening in Drogheda. Yeah, you see, Drogheda's interesting in the sense that it's kind of been bubbling away for, for uh, a long time now and it only kind of really escalated after Owen Maguire was shot on the 5th of July last year. Now, what happened was there were these two feuding gangs. They were part of the one gang originally for a number of years. They were selling drugs in the area and everything was was fine, right? And then it's kind of a similar story to what usually happens with, with, with feuding gangs. Uh, one side wanted more turf, more money. I think greed came into it a lot. And then that's when the cracks started to form. Um, you know, you might have had assaults maybe at the start of 2018 between the two gangs. People robbing drugs um from different dealers. You know, just kind of bad blood started to develop between these two sides. And then this obviously then culminated in the shooting of Owen Maguire on the 5th of July. He was shot four times. He was left paralysed. And yeah, so that's that's what really kind of started this, this feud. And what you have now is these tit-for-tat attacks, these exchanges, these retaliations. Of what I think is quite interesting about this feud is that they're breaking a lot of rules. I don't know if there's not rules of engagement, but usually family members were, were, were safe. You know, people, innocent people were safe. But now you have like, you know, innocent families being targeted in, in petrol bomb attacks. This is breaking new ground for, for gangland in
0: Ireland. And obviously the listeners will notice that we can't name a lot of the people involved in this feud for legal reasons.
1: Yeah, so... I've been covering the, this feud since it uh, since it really began in July of last year. I've been up to Drahada a good few times, uh, kind of meeting with locals as we were discussing earlier on, um, and it just seems to be just an incredibly violent, violent feud. Like give you a, a taste, of, like the headlines that we had, and no, in no way sensationalist headlines at all. It's just what's happening in Drahad, you know. Stabbings, hatchet attacks, kidnappings, and car bombs. I think sometimes we can we can feel a bit removed from um, from when crimes are happening, and when feuds are happening, because maybe maybe it's glamorized, maybe it's not. But I think there are people suffering on a, on a daily basis because of the drugs and drug and because of these drug gangs and what they're doing. And I think when we went up there to do the various reports that we've done on the Journal that's really kind of the message that I hit home is that this is affecting people this is affecting your 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 decent hard working person uh, who's just trying to to get by and make and uh, make money and put food on the table and just to add as well you know this isn't widespread all over drata this is um, concentrated in a, a number of, uh, of estates, probably two or three estates and uh, we're not going to name them because I think it's kind of unfair on the, on the people living there to name them. So yeah, it's concentrated in very specific areas. When we talk about a violent feud, we will also inevitably end up
0: talking about Garda resources and that they do not have enough either manpower or the correct tools to tackle what's going on. What's the situation with Gardi in Drogheda right now?
1: Well, I suppose you can never have too many resources, I suppose. It's the Gardaí will always say they, they 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 need more boots on the ground, they need more um, better equipment, better surveillance equipment, all this kind of thing, more overtime. And that's not for Gardaí being greedy at all. They just need the overtime to be able to carry out the surveillance, to be able to, to keep a lid on this feud. Um, I know 25 Gardaí, new Gardaí were, were brought in to draw there recently. But I think the issue is... Guardi are not being proactive; it's reactive. So they, when for management, oh, when something happens, then more guardi are sent. But the whole issue that they, they get so frustrated because they know they can stop it before it happens, but it's only when a shooting happens or a violent assault or someone's tortured that more guardi are brought in. So the whole thing is they want. the the boots on the street before that happens they carry out actual surveillance and actual gather intelligence before it's actually too late Jed, Garth spoke a bit
0: there about how more resources have been put into the area for Gardaí what are you seeing on the ground?
2: Yeah, I mean there have been demands um, for well over a year now for more resources to be deployed uh, to Drogheda I'm blue in the face challenging the Minister for Justice Charlie Flanagan uh, and anybody else who will pay attention to this demanding the resources that we need Historically, certainly over the last couple of years in Drogheda, we have had a proportionately, probably one of the worst Kind of allocations of Garda resources across the country for an urban area of its size. To give you a, a sense of the scale of Drogheda, uh, the population of Drogheda in reality is about 50,000 plus if you include the urban areas outside of the um, Louth area in Drogheda County Meath. Um, essentially the town is about the size of Waterford uh, but it's been policed like a provincial rural town and we have the kinds of issues that you would expect to see uh, in a city and in an area that's uh, grown very rapidly uh, over the last 20 years. Uh, We've had for example you know six to seven um, guards per unit per shift. Well usually the reality is in any uh, uh, urban area of the scale of draw you'd have maybe 11, 12, 13 uh, with a sergeant or two and all of the resources that you would expect. So we've had issues around uh, access to vehicles we have issues uh, around um, pure guard numbers uh, and experienced guards as well at that level of sergeant, inspector and so on. So we haven't had sufficient numbers in in, in the area. Um, So we've had after the shooting Uh, at the end of April uh, of this year. We have had the deployment now of an additional 25 members from Gardaí Shea That's very, very welcome indeed and the presence is very visible. Um, But remember, uh, after the uh, shooting uh, that took place, around about the time the shooting took place outside the toy store in the M1 retail park in Drogheda in April of of this year. That was the week actually that the Armed Response Unit was removed from the town. So the Armed Response Unit was available regionally uh, but didn't have a permanent presence in Drogheda. These criminal gangs know Um, the shift patterns of Un Garda Shea They know who's around the place. So they're um, aware of all of this. So uh, my sense is that they had organised various operations um, around these kinds of patterns. So it's very welcome now that we've got additional um, Garda resources. I was stopped myself, for example, two weeks ago coming home from a conference in Belfast by uh, an armed Garda checkpoint, which is very reassuring in many ways, but quite scary as well. Obviously, with any violence like this, it's often
0: not just those who are involved, but people who live in the area with nothing to do with the criminality who are affected. Um, What is the feeling on the ground in Drogheda
2: among the locals right now? The people of Drogheda, I think their sense of this has moved from fear to frustration. The proverbial dogs in the street know who's responsible. Um, for the mayhem that's been visited on the town of Drada uh, over the last year or so. We've had about 60 or 70 different incidents now. Pipe bomb attacks, petrol bomb attacks, four shootings and it follows a pattern of shootings, reprisals, pipe bombs, petrol bomb attack reprisals. You know, just two, just a couple of days ago uh, in one part, of a state in the south side of town we have one house that's been targeted four times in petrol bomb attacks and we have neighbours who have been evacuated from homes because of the danger that presents to them and their families. People who are not uh, involved or not interested in what's going on, I have no interest one way or the other, or no involvement one way or the other. So that's the kind of level at which we're at now, um, and it's scary. To be frank, it's a huge level of frustration. And for example, people are asking me, coming into my office, stopping me in the street, stopping me in the supermarket, saying, why haven't these people been rounded up, locked up and tried before the special criminal court? We have, uh, in theory at least, very strong anti-gang legislation in this country. And we have a particular provision of the Criminal Justice Amendment Act. It's um, Section 71A. And um, it's very, very clear. Um, It gives uh, members of Garda Shea Economy the authority to arrest and um, bring people to non-jury trials in the Special Criminal Court tried in front of three judges non-jury trials remember um, and try people who on the uh, word of a Senior Representative McGarrie is involved in directing criminal gangs now we haven't had a single arrest in this country for anybody who has been alleged to have, you know, been involved at this level, organising criminal gangs. We know that this is organised crime. Nobody's been taken off the streets. there have been a series of arrests uh, for more minor offences. So people are saying, you know, OK, we've got these additional members of Garda-Shitkhana, uh, the guards are building up the evidence base but nothing appears to be been done. And Garth, some of what Jed has said about how
0: exactly this is affecting locals, that's the sort of thing that you've encountered on the doorsteps in Drogheda that there's a lot of frustration.
1: Yeah, like I, I, I was up there in November and I was also there in April. Yeah, frustration. People are just annoyed. Like... Uh, I was speaking to this one guy and it was, this was kind of what hit home for me it was I was talking to this kind of young fella who lived in a particular state which has been absolutely devastated by this by this ongoing feud and um, he was saying to me you know he was on the way into his college and he was saying you know, I walk by these guys, the drug dealers every day who are the same age as him and he got, he was thinking to himself, you know, you know, do I look like them? As in like, could I accidentally be targeted? You hear all the time about uh, cases of mistaken identity, people being, the Hutchkin Inn feud, you'd had two completely innocent people shot dead. You hear about it sadly all the time and that really kind of got me, it felt like a bit of a punch in the stomach, you know, it's like, it's like that could be anybody, you know, just imagine walking to your college, you're just trying to get your education, you think, do I, do I look like, the drug dealer. Right?
2: Absolutely. That, that That's my fear. And, you know, for, for lots of people, um, not me, and it's never acceptable, mm. never acceptable, but for lots of people, certainly in the first few months of the escalation of this feud, going back to last July in that particular mm. um, episode, this has been bubbling under the surface. Um, uh, but it was really brought home, the severity and seriousness is brought home by, by the initial shooting um, last July that, that, that you referred to. And people were... You know, saying, "Look, it's concentrated in some areas, so it doesn't affect me." Well, my view is that's not acceptable either. That it's concentrated anywhere. This, the reality of this, really hit home to people in Drogheda. I think with the. Um Two brazen attacks earlier on this year. The one in Harman's Gardens um, in one of the busiest thoroughfares in Drogheda the end of April and then the shooting before that in the um, retail park uh, on the north side uh, of Drogheda. Really brazen attacks in broad daylight. No concern for the safety of anybody else. And my concern always has been that some innocent mum or dad wheeling a buggy, some child on a bike, is going to get caught up in this and shot and fatally, fatally wounded. There hasn't been a killing yet. And we're lucky. We're lucky that there hasn't been. Um, But my fear is that there will be. And what we need here, because this is concentrated amongst a relatively small number of people. There are literally a handful of people who are the main protagonists in terms of this gang warfare, if I can describe it as that, that's going on at the moment. There are probably about maybe 50 or 60 others who are tangentially involved. People who are running drugs, dealing drugs, involved in these reprisals, petrol bomb attacks uh, and and so on, might be loosely described as as gang members, have an association uh, with these gangs. So what we need is the kind of response that um, was targeted at the gangs in Limerick. That's been referenced quite frequently
0: as in Limerick did have a severe gang problem its reputation is still recovering from that but it is stopped it was stopped as soon as some of the main people involved
2: were put in prison uh, absolutely and that's 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 why I have huge frustration and, well, this is a matter for the DPP and no reflection on the Guards, a huge, and the DPP is an independent office director of public prosecutions, huge frustration at the apparent lack of utility of the legislation that we have at the moment and why that's not being used. We have, as I said, in theory, some of the toughest anti-gang legislation in New Europe. But what is the point of having that legislation on the statute books if people don't feel protected? And we see now people, for example, in the work that I do, local youth groups and local schools, I've had reports from uh, youth, youth work leaders and from uh, teachers and others involved in education and in youth work of young children in the area mimicking the behaviour of gangs, literally taking sides in the schoolyard. Reports from teachers of exceptionally anxious and very insecure kids, kids that weren't anxious and insecure this time last year, mm-hmm. living in areas that were affected by this gangland crime. And there is a local task force which has
0: been set up to help combat this as well, just at a ground level, is that right?
2: That's right, yeah. Just before Christmas, uh, myself and a colleague of mine, Councillor P.O. Smith, um, engaged with Lead County Council and with the community, importantly, because the community needs to have ownership of the response to these issues, short, long and medium term. And what what we've done is, led by Lead County Council at a very senior level, brought together organisations like TUSLA, local schools, uh, education training board, Uh, probation services uh, local drug services to try to tackle some of these issues head on at community level because there absolutely needs to be a community response Uh, for example what we've seen in Dublin uh, in the north inner city is a huge investment in community facilities and services we've yet to see that um, from this government Um, and my intention is that this particular task force would report to the government, make the case through ROCTAS members like myself for additional services, funding and so on for community facilities that we need. There is a huge amount of really, really good community work going on uh, at the moment uh, and it's been the case for a long, long number of years in the communities that are most adversely affected uh, by um, these, uh, these issues. That needs to be stepped up and the case needs to be made by the local authority and others for further investment. Many individuals who are involved in this activity have taken a a wrong turn, okay? But there are also, of course, many, many others who may be from similar backgrounds in my own community who haven't taken uh, that turn and haven't turned to crime. We need to look at why people turn to crime. Uh, We're looking at initiatives, for example, I asked the Minister last week to pilot what's called the Green Town Initiative, uh, in in a very interesting initiative that has been, an academic study has been done about the kind of initiatives you can make to try and uh, deal with um, problem drug use in areas and how you deal with drug dealing in general and how you build resilience in communities um, these are the kind of measures that need to be taken because this feud will end uh, but the trauma and the fallout from this will remain um, you know we hope to see the people responsible locked up very very soon taken off the streets uh, our community and, you know, will take time to recover needs investment needs support uh, not just, um, you know, mealy-mouthed slogans and so on from government. It needs an actual response. If we're talking about the
0: long-term effect on Drada, one thing that most people think of is the Flakyol. And if people don't realise how significant this is, there's about half a million people attended the Flakyol last year. Obviously, I would say locals are now looking towards this with a bit of worry now, is that if Drada's reputation continues to be damaged by the few, that it could
2: have an impact
0: on attendance numbers for the flower, which is hugely important for the town.
2: I can assure anybody who's listening that Drogheda is safe for visitors. Um, I'm lucky that my constituency office is right beside one of the uh, most significant um, tourist attractions in the entire country, St Lawrence's Gate, Medieval Barbican. Um, I see so many people visiting there every day and it heartens me to see that we have so many tourists visiting the area. It's very important for our economy. We're very proud of our town and we want to showcase it. We showcased it very well. The fly last year, we had about half a million visitors to a town with a population of about 50,000. So that will show you how significant it is. I met people in Belfast last week who are coming down uh, to draw to for the fly uh, this year. People will be secure, people will be safe. Um, there is no issue in that regard. And I can't restate that enough. These are questions that are generally put to me, and it's no disrespect and it's a valid question, by the media. Um, nobody in the area is talking about that. The Gardaí aren't talking about it. People will be safe, secure. It's interesting, actually, I looked at that, the latest crime stats in Rada. Crime at every headline level is down. Robberies are down. Burglaries are down. Muggings are down. Um, you know, shoplifting is down. Uh, it is generally a very safe place to be and the guards do a very, very good job with the community. Uh, This is a particular issue at a particular point in time involving a relatively small number of people and we want obviously to uh, have a robust crackdown on this. In my opinion, the crackdown hasn't been what it might have been because of the lack of resources targeted at the area by government. Um, but my message to people listening to this, come and visit Drada for the Flakio. It's a brilliant town. It's amazing ta- an amazing town. I'm trying to be as objective as I can, being a, p- a proud <laughs> Droghedean. Hotel bookings, um, Airbnb bookings and so on have been up already from this time last year so based on the experience people had last year people are coming back in their numbers visiting from the US visiting from England visiting from France visiting from uh, elsewhere in Ireland so come and enjoy what we, we have to offer in Drogheda in August it's it's an amazing festival an amazing town we're very proud of our town um, I suppose
0: that leads me on nicely now Gareth to my final question <laughs> I'll put to you just in terms of do you agree with what Jed has been saying there in terms of the crackdown? Like, I mean, is is that the main way to end this feud?
1: Yeah, I think you mentioned Limerick there, right? With the Dundons and, and the, the Colopys and, and everyone there. What the guards did there is they were the emergency response unit, the ERU, the armed units, the detective units, they couldn't turn and the guards were there. That's because the guards were given the overtime. They were given, there was so many people down there working their backsides off putting themselves in danger member of you know this is what needs to happen andrada you need to be in their faces constantly because as as jed said you know these these it's only a very small group of people who are destroying so many lives and if the resources are there like they're going to end up in prison. It's going to—that's the only way it's going to end. And I think that's a good place to leave it. Gareth McNamee, reporter
0: with the journal.ie, and Jed Nash, Labor senator. Thanks again for speaking with us on the explainer and bringing us up to speed. This episode was brought to you by producer Eva Barry and executive producer Christine Bowen. The assistant producer and tech up was me, Nikki Ryan. We'll be back next week with a brand new topic and with Sinead O'Carroll back at this microphone. If you've missed her, don't worry, she is coming back. If there's something you want us to cover, maybe a story you've come across that you'd like to know more about, or a big talking point that you need to get up to speed on, let us know. Drop us a message at podcasts at the or tweet us at thejournal underscore ie. In the meantime, check out some of our other episodes. The last time Gareth was in with us, he gave us an expert and very sensitive overview of the Anna Kriegel trial. And if you're enjoying what we're doing, please leave us a review and rating wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and check in again next week.